Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Live and direct from the City of Angels, which gave us an unbelievable night. Actually, a very watchable NBA game with an upset. Lakers get a win over the Wiz. And maybe more importantly, a uh, World Series game for the ages. Eight, count them, eight home runs. Wow, 11 innings and uh, some uh, some new juiced baseball theories, which I actually believe so much to get to. Uh, also, Joe Girardi loses his job as manager of the Yankees. Not a surprise to anybody who's been following the Yankees as when he was asked about the Yankees future time and again in the playoffs, he would mention the Yankees or their future. He would not say our future this is not a surprise. Anybody who's just like, oh, I was really surprised by that, you just weren't following the Yankees, That's, which is okay. It's hard to follow baseball every day. Um, 
But I I believe it was a personality clash. I believe it was also Joe is a uh, he does his own research. He uses his own study. He does his feel. You know, he's a former catchers. Catchers generally keep a journal from every game they've caught and every game they coach, every game they manage. That's just what they do. They have they have their own kind of stats and write up and their own scan report on things. And Brian Cashman is very much an analytics guy. I was told that the Yankees have 10 analytics guys that travel with the team in the playoffs. And so when you when you hire a guy to do a job and then you're constantly making suggestions on how to do a job, well, no, when you do this, when you do that, what do you do this, when you do that, even if it comes from the best place, even if it comes from the good place, at some point the guy's like, hey, you know what, F you, I'm going to do it my way. And because he wanted to do it his way, uh, it allowed Brian Cashman to find a way. Find, now he's going to find a guy who will do it Cashman's way. They'll get a yes man. They'll get a guy who manages the players and the egos and kind of does what they want based upon their numbers. That's what's going to happen. Um, but what's interesting about it is I do wonder what the analytics crowd would have said about Dave Roberts going out there and getting Rich Hill early going to Kenley Jansen in the eighth instead of waiting to the ninth, or or maybe even my proposed idea, which was I wouldn't have used Kenley Jansen in game one unless I absolutely positively had to. Right? They had a two-run lead in the ninth inning. He had Brandon Morrow who went one, two, three through ten pitches. You mean to tell me he can't start another inning? And if he doesn't give up a hit, leave him in there. If he does, then you bring Jansen in. But why let more people see Kenley Jansen than need to? And, of course, they saw him, and more and more guys saw him last night. And, uh, look, some things went bump in the night. There's a couple of big takeaways I have on last night's Major League Baseball game. Um, One, to anyone who says, well, that was just wild and crazy, you'll never see eight home runs in a seven to six ball game. You haven't been watching baseball this year. This is what the game has become. Home run, strikeout, pitching changes galore, home run, strikeout. And it's also a very long ball game. Now, look, you're lucky it's the World Series, and it was incredibly entertaining, and so everybody watched. But this is also what regular season games are like, and though they're a home run fest, there's long stretches where there are no home runs. Which brings us to Dallas Keuchel saying, I think the the balls are juiced 100%. Major League Baseball wants to put on a show. We crushed the home run record this year. Honestly, I think the balls are juiced. Keuchel said, really powerful guys in this league. They're going to get theirs. Uh, when you, you can tell the difference in a mid-range guy. He's hitting 20-plus homers now. They're not, that's not supposed to happen, and it's happening. That's what Major League Baseball wants. They want it exciting. Two-run lead. He'd come back, hit another home run. Everybody's still watching. That's what they want. That's what they're getting. There was 6,105 home runs. 6,105, an all-time record. So do either the players or the baseballs are, are juiced. And since at least they're testing the players... I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the baseballs. Everybody says the baseballs are harder, the baseballs are different. 
Um, I thought it was a spectacular night for John Smoltz. Uh, even when Brendan McCarthy's, uh, what was it, a slider, when he says you can see that dot, when you can see that dot, that's not a good thing, which became the game-winning home run. I mean, Yasiel Puig, I cannot watch Yasiel Puig enough. My quick takeaway on Yasiel Puig, I, I, I tweeted this. I understand that my infatuation for watching Yasiel Puig in a in a in a short series, I understand why women dig the bad boy. Right? That's why they that's why they want to date the bad boy. That's why they want to sleep with the bad boy. That's my and I don't have that kind of infatuation. I don't go that way. Not that there's anything wrong with that with Yasiel Puig, but there's something about him. Now I would also contend that much like my friend that makes fart jokes all the time, at some point you're like, okay, I've had enough. But considering it's only the playoffs and it's only for four to seven games, or you go back, whatever, the, the 15 games, 17 games of the playoffs, I'm okay with it. I'm on Team Yasiel. And how great was it last night that he was up, and he really struck out twice. Right, He struck out on the 2-2 pitch and then struck out again on the 3-2 pitch. That thing was only ending one of two ways. Puig hitting a home run or Puig striking out. Uh, I didn't think Dave Roberts, uh, do I think he should have gone to Jansen in the eighth inning? I, I Look, I think he, he, it's one of those deals where he may say he trusts Morrow, but he clearly doesn't trust Morrow as much as he trusts Jansen, and he probably trusts Jansen a bit too much. But that number of 98-0, and 0, when leading in the ninth inning this year for the L.A. Dodgers is remarkable. Is absolutely remarkable. But he's not really a six-out save guy. So I don't mind going to the closer early when it's in high-leverage situations. I just didn't think one runner on in the eighth inning was a super high-leverage situation. Just like you go back to the night before, and I said I wouldn't have brought him out even for the ninth unless you had to. Let Morrow get through it. Hold on to him. And then you would have felt better about him pitching on extra rest for six outs instead of pitching last night, which includes warming up, and then pitching or pitching two nights ago and then pitching last night. Here's Dave Roberts on why he pulled Rich Hill early. I just felt that right there at the top of their order coming up and with the way our bullpen's been throwing and you look back behind that, we had three scoreless innings after that. To just trust that the guys behind them and the bottom line is, you know, I'll take Kenley any day of the week uh, with a one-run lead going to the ninth inning. 98-0 and leading after eight innings until Wednesday night. That's that's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, look, if if the Dodgers lose this series, last night is the reason why. They got to Verlander to whatever extent they had. I mean, he only gave up two hits, and yet he was down 3-1 when we left the game. That's baseball 2017, right? Like, how can you only make two mistakes and you're down 3-1? to one? That's crazy, but that's what happened. And there were some things that went bump in the night. There was the, there was the, there was the uh, toss to second base, which hit the umpire. There was the ball hitting off. Whose hat did that hit off in the outfield? And... And scurried into, was it Jock Peterson? Hit off his lid and then sprayed in left field. There's the diving play from Puig, which hit off the top of his glove, became a ground rule double. That actually started the rally in the eighth. He was upset at himself. If he makes that play, that eighth inning probably never happens. 
and Jansen doesn't come into the game. So there's a bunch of things that that did not go the way of the Dodgers. Uh, but I don't hate using Jansen for a six-out save. I just think he obviously doesn't trust Morrow nearly as much as he says he trusts Morrow. Here's something really interesting to say. I think John Smoltz, if he doesn't win an Emmy for a game analyst, regardless of sport, they should not have the award this year. I learned more watching John Smoltz broadcast a game than I can ever remember learning watching a Major League Baseball game. John Smoltz's job is to, to forecast, foreshadow, tell me what may might happen, and then more importantly, tell me why things happen. Tell me why. Joe Buck's supposed to tell me what. He's supposed to tell me why. Here's John Smoltz forecasting and foreshadowing going to the bullpen early and what could happen. This doesn't mean the Dodgers are, are going to lose the game. Obviously a tie game, but it sets up better now for the Astros with all that the Dodgers have had to use. So many more things have to go right the more people that come in to pitch a baseball game. I know it sounds great when it works. You said that throughout this postseason. More guys you bring in from out of that bullpen, the more you're asking everybody to be perfect. Yeah, it just doesn't always work. I don't even think it's necessarily about being perfect. It's it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't idea. Like even if a guy isn't hitting his spots or a guy is uh is not as doesn't have his best stuff, at least you know you can get a sense if he can handle the pressure. Right? I mean, you know really early on those first couple pitches they hit the dirt and they're out of whack and he's not able to locate. You're like, "All right, But with every guy you go to, you're dealing with a completely new human being. And that's that's honestly the the whole discussion between Girardi and the analytics guys with the Yankees. The analytics guys with the Yankees would always go and make a pitching change based upon what the spreadsheet says. Whereas Girardi's a former catcher. And uh, though some of it's about numbers, a lot of it's about feel. And you just look at a guy like, you know what? I understand the numbers tell me that the splits and this and that and the other thing. That's great. But I just got the feel. It's like Kike Hernandez last night. The single he got was that that was in the 11th inning. Right? In the 11th. Uh, wait, no, that wasn't in love. I'm trying to think which which comeback it was. Maybe the 10th inning, which led to the comeback, right? Kike Hernandez is terrible against right-handed pitching. And yet he's in there, he's hitting below 200 against right-handed pitching, and he laces a single. Because by the numbers, the splits tell you doesn't have power from the right side, only two home runs. By the numbers, he's a far inferior hitter from the right side than he is the left side. But what the numbers don't tell you is Kike Hernandez had three home runs in the final game, game four against the Chicago Cubs. He's still feeling great about himself. Confidence just comes out of his body right now. And because of it, he steps in against a relief pitcher and and clocks a single to right field. So, like, look, I'm, I'm more of a field guy than an analytics guy. Dave Roberts probably did everything by the numbers. My issue would be more with what he did in game one unnecessarily as opposed to game two. Smoltz is, of course, right in that maybe not the idea of, of guys having to be perfect, but having guys that perform at their level considering the pressure of the moment. And the Dodgers had the lead when Justin Verlander left the game. That is not expected. 
and to get to Verlander and to lose with your bullpen, something that had not happened all season in the ninth inning, puts you on a course to which you lose the series. If they lost the, lose the series, last night's the reason why. You're up 3-1, heading in the eighth. You're up 3-2, heading into the ninth. You have to close the door. And if you think all those home runs are abnormal, they are, except for baseball in 2017. And I guess the you can tell me all these guys have changed their swing path. And they're no longer choking up. And analytics tells them to swing hard and swing for the fences, even with two strikes. That's great. But there's a ridiculous number of home runs. And the only logical conclusion is some had to have been done to the baseballs. Has to be a baseball manipulation. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I love that LeBron's the best point guard in the league after a one-night, two-nights-ago conversation. Did you guys hear any of that? Like Nick Wright was like, oh, he's the best point guard in the league. Colin Cowherd's like, did you hear what Nick Wright said? Like Nick watched the Bulls and the Cavs. He said it, so it must be true. And I went on Cowherd's show yesterday. I was like, do you know who started for the Bulls last night? I was like, nope. And I said, good. Because unless Paul Zipser does it for you, unless Justin Holiday does it for you, not Drew Holiday, okay, Justin Holiday. Right? He's the third best Holiday. Aaron Holiday plays for UCLA, second best Holiday. And look, he's in the NBA. He's a, he's a pretty good player. But he's like a borderline NBA guy. And he's starting for the Bulls, who are trying to lose and doing a really good job of it. So, and the other one was uh, uh, Jeremy Grant. Those are the three starting. That's the starting backcourt for your Chicago Bulls. So, if you want to evaluate LeBron James as one of the great point guards in the NBA, it's really hard against that type of backcourt. Then last night, he went up against the Brooklyn Nets. And remember, the Nets. As Dan Beyer told us yesterday, like, hey, D'Angelo Russell's not even playing tonight. And Spencer Dinwiddie hit a couple of huge shots, played great off the bench for it. So last night he has eight turnovers. Does have 10 assists, has eight turnovers. And I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad point guard. First thing is, LeBron's kind of been a point guard his whole career. Right? Most games you've seen the ball go through LeBron at the end of a game where he comes off a high ball screen and drives and kicks comes off the eyeball screen, they dare him to shoot. That's point guard stuff. Or they throw it to him and he's like a point center, point power forward, and he tries to pass out of a double team. If the double team doesn't come, you make him score. That's that's why he scores so many points is because the way to beat LeBron is to make him make, make jump shots. But the, the common mistake is LeBron's a great passer. Well, he must be one of the greatest passers in the history of the game. Look at the assists he averaged. And and here's where you need to take a breath and have context. For a power forward body, he's in the conversation of best guys at that size to pass the basketball outside of Magic Johnson. He's not a point guard. He's not a pure passer. He's not Magic. He's not Steve Nash. He's not Mark Jackson. He's not John Stockton. Like, those guys are the greatest pure passers in NBA history. Frankly, he's not as good a passer, I don't think, as Larry Bird. He's a very good passer. But for somebody his size and for a great score, he's a great passer. Does that make sense? Does that give it proper context? 
See, because what you hear is LeBron's not a good passer. It's not what I said. He's an outstanding passer. He's not one of the top 10, top 20 passers in the history of the game. Most of those guys are guards, and the big guys that are are the are Magic Johnson, who played point guard, pure point guard, most of his career. So, had 10 turnovers, eight turnovers last night. They lost, and I thought this quote was great. Because what what a double loss for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember, because of the trade with the Celtics, they get the Nets' number one pick, first-round pick. It's not lottery protected. Tyron Lewis said, we're running around here worrying about getting the Brooklyn pick. They might want our pick. That's Cavs coach Tyron Lue after the Nets beat the Cavs 112-107. So Nets didn't have their best player. Nets end up beating them. And it's just another win for the Nets who are trying to rebuild themselves, and it hurts the Cavs in terms of getting their number one overall pick this upcoming offseason. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We reacted yesterday to Cam Newton's ill-fated, another ill-fated press conference. Uh, He's taking questions. He was up there for nine minutes, and apparently this was the question that Caused him to walk out early. Have big plays, big chunk plays, kind of get to that energy. I think that you're talking about. Does this offense? And I know you had had several at Detroit, and New England. You think you guys have the wherewithal to do that consistently week in and week out? Next question. You uh, probably get. I, like I don't. Does anybody really get what happened there? I don't know. Look at the guys that are quarterbacks in this league, and they have a lot of things in common. But one of it is, like, you're kind of the team spokesperson, right? This is kind of part of the job. And, you know, um, I tell people all the time, I'm not a big drinker. I'm not. But I can drink. Like, it's not because I—and I've never understood the, like, oh, you're a panty waist, you can't hold your booze, like— I don't really know why being able to drink lots of alcohol somehow makes you more of a man. Like I'm not really, really, but I can, I can hold my own. And when I drink, I'm happy. I'm just, I'm in a soup. And, and it's not a conscious thing. I know it's like, well, on radio, you're trying to be somebody, you know, but generally you ask people like who you are when you drink is who you really are. Correct. Well, by my estimation, who you are during times of stress is also who you really are. And Cam Newton's not playing well. Now, he's he's also not helped out by the fact that his star tight end Greg Olson, who Olson does a lot of a lot of things, but one of the things he does is he takes a ton of pressure off him in the media. You know, Olson's done media stuff, whatever, and he answers like questions. But so now he's kind of left on an island, right? You're not going to Kelvin Benjamin for Q and A. Uh, you're not going to a rookie running back for Q&A. You're going to the quarterback. And I don't know how many times we have to see him handle himself poorly in a press conference to understand he's just not good at this. I've heard people say, like, well, he's immature. Like, no, nah, dude, once you get to be, like, 28, like, that's kind of who you are. <laughs> you're not going to suddenly have – it's not like – like, I didn't grow – I stayed back in eighth grade. I was a late bloomer. Like, I didn't grow up. I was five feet tall first time I graduated eighth grade. When I entered high school 15 months later, I was, like, 5'10". Like, a massive growth spurt. Like, that, you can grow late. You can mature late. 
But you know what you don't? You don't mature as a human being like 28, 29. You're not, not like Cam Newton's going to go home and suddenly like, aha moment. Hey, you know what? I really screwed up the post-game press conference at the Super Bowl. And then the press conference in front of my locker two days later. And then the deal with the female reporter to which I clowned her because she tried to use some football terminology. And then I walked out and I'm like, you like these things, it, this is who he is. And it's it, the crazy part about the Kaepernick thing that no one seems to remember or recalls. We're so caught up in cap with the flag protest, which I, I'm not going to dispute. That's a portion of reasons he doesn't have a job. But we forget the reason he lost his job to begin with was he wasn't good at these sorts of things. He hasn't been good at these sorts of things since he decided to protest. And he wasn't great in terms of uh, his interaction with teammates. Like, this is all kind of part of the job. And look, I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. And I know that Aaron Rodgers can be kind of terse and can be defensive. But what he doesn't do is walk out. What he doesn't do is humiliate a female reporter. What he doesn't do is shut down when he plays poorly. He may he may look at you sideways. He may hold a grudge. He may not be trusting of you. But when he can when you conduct an interview, he's a professional. He's a CEO. He's a spokesperson for the team. And there's a lot more to uh there's there's a lot more of cap in Cam than there is even Roethlisberger in Cam. People have always said, like, Cam's just Black Roethlisberger, right? Takes a bunch of hits, mobile, huge arm, better downfield. Like, yeah. And I'm not, I don't think Ben's the greatest guy in the world. And I think he's kind of full of, you know what, between the retired stuff and the Audrey Shuck stuff. Like, I don't think that's really who Ben is. He, right? He, I've, I've called Ben Roethlisberger searching for compliment guy. He is. But he knows how to handle this deal. And he knows, for the most part, how to handle teammates. And by the way, if there's something that leads to the downfall of Ben Roethlisberger, everyone said in Pittsburgh, they got a lot of young egos, and he's not really, he doesn't really understand, he's not really communicating with them. Like, Favre always did a great job of relating to everybody. So, what what has a tendency, it's it's interesting, I, I talked to a GM last week or two weeks before, and we were talking about, and I've mentioned this before, about how why so many guys, why a quarterback's a hard position to evaluate? And he's like, well, because so many positions in the NFL are neck down, right? Like, don't take a ton of brains to play. They don't really care about smart defensive ends. <laughs> See ball, hit ball. But neck up positions, middle linebacker, right? You call the defenses. You got to be somewhat cerebral quarterback. And neck up in terms of quarterback isn't just reading the defense. It's also human relation, personal relationships, speaking. Uh, it's just a lot more to It's a lot like, and we're going to talk with Holiday about being manager of the Yankees. Like being manager of the Yankees is not like being a manager for any other team. You have your own show. You got a pre and post interview, different interactions. You know, it's a different relationship with the owner. It's like, all oh, this stuff is different. Well, the position of quarterback is different, and there's a lot of cam cap in cam. Right? Like, cap and cam, not terribly accurate. Cap and cam, they've always been so much further along athletically than all of their contemporaries in high school and college. And I know that cap 
had Cam Cap had to evolve when he was at Nevada. I understand all that, but that there were there are parts of the fundamentals of how they play the position that got glossed over because they were just studs at a young age. There were things they had God given ability that other people didn't have that they didn't have to learn, and now they have to. You can't go back and learn it. We see this in every sport. But the human interaction thing, relating to teammates, handling reporters, you keep butchering this thing and all of a sudden now, instead of looking at your talent and making excuses for it and saying, well, it's the line. Well, it's the play calling. Well, it's the fact he doesn't have his tight end. You start to say, well, maybe it's Cam Newton. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The L.A. Rams? L.A. Rams are 5-2 and two on the season. They're 3-0 and oh away from home. Alec Ogletree of the Rams, kind enough to join us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. And if you think about it, Alec, I mean, a good Cooper Cup's a stud. He holds on to that one ball against Seattle, and, you know, things go the same way. You're 6-1. What's your reaction? Are you surprised by your fast start? Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, no, I'm not really surprised. I mean, like you said, the ball could fall different ways at different moments of the game. And, you know, all week we just we practice on, you know, being situational masters. And, you know, when, when the time comes to make that play, you know, we definitely try to, you know, make sure we have the right mindset and, and have everybody on the same page and, you know, ready for that moment to execute when, when you need it. And, you know, to have your best. I mean, Coach always preaches, you know, being your best when your best is required. And, you know, the, the couple games that we did lose, we were right in it to win it. And, you know, but we didn't. Uh, and we didn't execute all the way to the end. But, uh, you know, the last few weeks here, we've been playing really well. And, you know, it's just a credit to, you know, everybody believing in, in the product that Coach brought there to us and, and, you know, buying in and just, you know, staying focused on the main on the main goal and, and getting the job done. You know, but look, I, I mean, honestly, all that sounds good. We, we were down at your guys' training camp, and I yeah. like McVeigh. Everybody likes McVeigh. But, you, I yeah. mean, like a young guy comes in and starts all this kind of positivity talking. He's the ball of energy. And I know some of the guys that are vets like you are probably like, all right, another coach, whatever, we'll, you know, we'll see. Was there, yeah. a mo- was there a moment to which guys are like, you know what? This guy kind of knows his stuff. Uh, well, I mean, I've, I went against him uh, when he was at Washington. So, you know, I saw the work that he's done there. And, and, you know, guys, most some of the guys that are older, you know, they, they knew the type of work that he's done in Washington. And, you know, his resume speaks for itself. He's a young first year being a head coach, so he has a, a, lot, a lot of learning still to do as far as a head coach. But, you know, uh, he came in, man, and, you know, I think, you know, when I – other players, Connor Baldwin yesterday said it best. You know, he's able to articulate uh, his his message that you want to get to a bunch of group of grown men. So, you know, for him, and he, he did a great job of doing that. And, and you know, it really his age didn't show. I mean, you thought he was older than what and than what he is. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's just him being who true to who he is. And, and you know, like I said, speaking that belief and. You know, everybody's just buying in, you know, and, and when you have that, I don't care how old or, or young you are, you know, you, you're going to have good results when you have everybody that, that buys in to believe in the same mission. So. 
Alec Ogletree joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You know, what's maybe most interesting and not discussed a ton is that as good as you guys have been, the defense is probably the true strength of this team. And maybe it's because you didn't have Aaron Donald to start the season. Maybe it's because, like, Wade Phillips brings in a totally new system. Like, you guys haven't actually played your best football yet defensively. Like, there's still there still kind of feels like there's a next level to the defense. Is that is that a fair uh, a fair assessment of what the defense has done and what's the possibility ahead? That's definitely uh, a great assessment. I mean, we've yet to play, you know, a completely uh, a complete game, you know, defensively. I felt. I mean, I I think we've had some games where we showed uh, that we can be dominant, and you know, like I said, this last game to get a shutout, you know, it just speaks volumes to everybody. Continue to. You know, trust the process. You know, we did. You know, of course, we didn't start out how we wanted to start the season. You know, as far as being a top defense, but you know, it coaches tell us to keep believing, keep trusting, just keep doing the little things that you need to do each and every day to get better. And you know, like I said, when, when you change, you know, a lot of stuff that goes around. There's definitely gonna be a learning curve. And you know, I felt like we uh, we we just continue to try to get better each and every day. And you know, with that, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's, the sky's the limit for us. Um, you know, we're definitely looking forward to the next the next few games here to, you know, get ready, keep keep building as a defense and as a team as a whole. So, you know, we're doing a lot of great things right now. All sure. right, listen, I, I understand you guys don't play this week. So most guys week off be like, ah, you chill at the house or maybe be in L.A., you go to World Series game. But you got you got bigger things, right? It's the – it's the Florida Georgia game, right? It's the yeah. not supposed to call it the cocktail party anymore, and <laughs> and I know that you're helping raise money to give back to Jacksonville. But for for people who aren't familiar with the Florida Georgia rivalry, what's what's your best memory of this game? My best memory was my last year there when uh, we had uh, Jarvis Jones. He actually made a play at the end of the game to cause a fumble and. You know, we were able to win the game there. Um, just, it was just, I mean, because actually the dude, the dude that Jordan Reed that caught the ball was actually my, my man. And I ended up uh, dropping coverage and, and, you know, missed a tackle and he, he saved me. And, and, you know, it definitely just, it was just a joy, you know, and a relief that, you know, we was able to pull it off and, and win the game like that. So, you know, that was probably one of the best memories I had for sure. Yeah, of course. I know your brother went to to UGA as well, uh, part yeah. of Allstate, going all hands to give back to Jacksonville. You and Kevin Carter, of course, played at Florida. Uh, but look, this dog team, this this boy's pretty good now. Went up to Notre Dame, got a win. Uh, right now, in line to play uh, to play Alabama for SEC championship and a chance to play for a for a for a national championship. Um, kind of interesting. Kirby Smart in his second year. We've seen other guys in their second year. Um, I, I'm I'm wondering though for you, a defensive guy and a defensive coach taking over for Mark Richt. Did you think that it would hit, that it would click this early? Um, I I knew that he would do a, a tremendous job there. I mean, I I was just I remember him from recruiting days of coming out of high school, and you know he, he was one of the one of the best recruiters to ever to do it in my eyes, and. and uh, so I, I definitely figured that, you know, once he got his opportunity to, you know, get his guys in there that, you know, he wasn't playing with, you know, Coach Rick's guys and, you know, just get 
everybody in there, you know, that he wanted to have in there. You know, I definitely thought that he could do a tremendous job for, for Jordan, and he's doing that. And, you know, it, like I said, it could happen now or could happen later, a little bit later. But, you know, he's definitely happy and excited that, it, that he's definitely changed the program around right now. And, like I said, with the All-State thing, it's, that's, that's going to be fun doing that this, uh, this weekend for sure. And it's also it's, it's got to be good to go home, not just when Georgia's good and Florida's oh, down yeah. and Florida's – but the Rams being good too, right? Like last year, I mean, you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to show my face at this thing. Now they're like, oh, yeah, you guys are awesome. Guys are awesome. Hey, have you, seen oh, the, yeah. have you seen the video of Sonny Michelle's uh, 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 stiff arm? Uh, I didn't see the stiff arm. I saw it when he trucked. No, he trucked to do. Yeah, he trucked to do. Who who was he truck? He ran over some. Oh, that's right. Missouri, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I saw when he ran him over and, you know, I saw, uh, what's the other back? I forgot the other back name that he jumped over this dude. Um, they just, they, they doing, like I said, man, they, I think we have the, the best, running back group in the nation, you know, as, as far as the two-talent with Chubb and Sony, And then you bring in some of the, other, the young guys to come in there and spare them. So, you know, I think they've, they've done a, a really great job of just, you know, keeping that position, a dominant position, you know. And everybody's, like I said, they, they bought into what, what Kirby was selling them. And, you know, when, when you do that, you have, you have you tend to have great teams. And, and you know, they're definitely going to, they're definitely going to be there for the running, and you know, hopefully, they take care of business this weekend and just keep pushing forward for sure. When was the last time you got truck like that? Last time I got truck like that, uh, whew, does happen. It, it does. It, even it, guys I, like I, you, it I, does it happen. It definitely happens. It, it definitely happens. I mean, that's, I don't know. Last time I got truck like that, I'm trying not. I, I can't remember. I mean, I was, oh, okay. Maybe maybe here's 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 I fell off a couple of tackles. You know, I would say that. <laughs> Here, here's a better question, right? So you're, yeah. you're going to Jacksonville for the game, right? Yeah. Okay, so are you, like, loading up on Southern food, right? Like, are you going to – you got I got to get some grits. I got to get some sweet tea. I'm just going to live at Chick-fil-A and then and stop at all my favorite. Like, are you are you, are you going to load up on – because you can't get I – mean, you can't get great Southern food in Southern California. No, you, you can't. You can't get that, that, that Southern hospitality out here in California, but – you know they they have they definitely have some some good food out here to eat, but you know definitely when you go home you definitely like to load up on stuff that you don't typically get you know out here and like I said I go to Zaxby's I go to let's see like you said get some grits uh, all different types of barbecue spots yep uh, what else just you know there's a bunch of stuff that you eat out, yeah. out and, down and, south and, so it's like I said, it's it's fun, man. I I enjoy I enjoy being out here, but you know, definitely when you go back home, you definitely try to hit some of the spots that you, you are uh, you don't get a chance to go to, you know, throughout the year. Yeah, so. got got to flip, got to flip your accent, got to flip your diet, and of course, got to kind of change your latitude a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, enjoy, you, gain, you gain so much weight when you go back home. No, sure. no, no question. <laughs> hey, enjoy the victory lap in Jacksonville. Good luck to your dogs, and thanks so much for joining us on behalf of Allstate. Really appreciate it. We'll do it. Thank you for having me. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Nick Swisher covers it uh, for Fox Sports. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I want to get your thoughts on Girardi, who you played for in a moment. But uh, let's start with last night. How much to blame is Dave Roberts? Oh, man. Wait, what was the question again? One more time. How much to blame is Dave Roberts? 
Oh, I don't know if you could really blame him on that, man. I mean, it depends on what you're trying to blame him for. Are you trying to blame him because you think maybe you took Rich Hill out a little early? Or I don't think it was the taking thinking- Rich Hill out. I think it was he went turnstile. You know, he went turnstile really, really quickly. And then, you know, like, look, if you had an issue with any of those moves, Rich Hill, speak now. If you had a move, so his, he uses – he uses. It's easy to kind of, like, sit back here now that I've kind of been on both sides and, and kind of be that Monday morning quarterback. And, by the way, they, the Dodgers didn't lose because Rich Hill came out of the game early. They, <laughs> the Dodgers lost because they had everything set up for the ninth inning and Kenley Jensen just, just didn't get it done for the first time in his postseason career. I think that was exactly the game plan going in. Although the one thing that I said, just like you, is Dave Roberts might have gone and gotten Rich Hill a little early. Looking back on it today, I've faced Rich ever since college. He's a Michigan guy. I'm an Ohio State guy. I've known him for so long. I know his emotions. And he was visibly upset to be taken out of that game. Uh, I I still feel like he might have had a a little bit more in the tank. But the way the game shaped out, there were three scoreless innings after Rich Hill came out of the game. No, I know. But he also, also, look, he took Maeda out after only one and a third. Um, uh, Watson Watson threw one pitch. Uh, Stripling Stripling comes in, walks one guy. Like, look, he walked one guy. He clearly looked nervous. Maybe you go get him Uh, when he took Brandon Moore out. I'm just I'm wondering as a guy who has played in this thing, won this thing. If 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 you if if there was a move to which you're like, "Mm, wouldn't have done that if I was him. Uh, for myself, no. And and you can even ask the Dodger players in that locker room. There's no one they would want on the mound more than Kenley Jensen to end the game. The one thing that I think is, 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 that you're seeing more often is, and you saw 100-mile-an-hour Giles, the closer for the uh, Houston Astros as well, is these closers are being asked to do things that they're not used to doing. They're bringing closers in in the early eighth, late seventh inning, asking these guys to get five, six, seven outs. Hey, man, that's a tough thing to do. I mean, there are good players at every time they come to the plate. These guys know how to hit. And you saw it last night. I mean, he made one mistake tomorrow in Gonzalez, and the next thing you know, the game is tied. Um, a pretty exciting game. Um, most... Oh, bro, I mean, that, as, as, as a baseball man and also as a fan of the game, we need games like that. People become interested, and the next thing you know, our game just explodes. All right, but what's the deal with the base? There's got to be something with the baseball, right? Like, I'm hey, not gonna. I, I mean, I, I like, like the same thing. Eight, eight, I mean, eight home runs, and I understand that. Um, I brought this up with Matt Holiday who joined us earlier. Like, I understand that that the Josh Donaldson, hey, money's in the air, not in the ground. Like, guys are swinging instead of swinging, you know, upper half, they're trying to hit lower half of the baseball now, right? And oh yeah, of course. Okay, but that's great. Eight home runs, more home runs we've ever seen hit. And okay, it's a hot night in Dodger Stadium, which traditionally is a tough place to hit the ball out of the ballpark. But you see enough home runs in the postseason, you think <laughs> something's yeah, exactly. is is something going on with these baseballs? Hey man, I don't know, but I I thought the same thing that you're thinking right now, especially with George Springer hit that ball in the gap, and I was like, oh man, there he goes, he did his job, got him over and got him in. And the next thing you know, that baseball looked like it hit a, a whole nother like jet stream and just jumped right out of the ballpark. I think there were a couple homers like that. I saw Jock Peterson kind of got jammed in on the label a little bit. But, hey, man, either way, I'm a monster fan of the long ball, just like I think a lot of other people are as well. And you got to remember, man, like guys nowadays aren't scared of striking out. Yeah. I said something to my wife about the third inning. I was like, man, I feel like every single person – on both sides are taking just absolute rips. Yeah. Not trying to put the ball in play, trying to put the ball in the seat. 
I mean, Daniel Murphy spoke very openly about it. Justin Turner has as well, where any opportunity these guys to get the ch- have the chance to get the baseball in the air, with the amount of velocity that's coming in nowadays, 98, 99, 100 miles an hour, it feels like if you can barrel something up and get it in the air, the chances of it leaving the ballpark are really good. You know, it's funny. I, it's actually helping me. My son's eight, a little bit of a baller, first baseman, left-handed. And <laughs> I like I, and, but, you I like know, I tell him, now when little kids strike out, you're like, hey, man, the guys in the big league, they strike out all the time. Aaron Judge, like yeah, Aaron man. Judge helps. Like, don't feel bad. Aaron Judge struck out like 200 times. You're you're still good. Now you're not 6'8", 260. You are still amazing. Yeah. You're going to win the MVP. So, so okay. It's like Kyle okay. Schwarber did the same thing. He hit 200 this year, but hit 30 home runs. Now. Back in the day, that might not have been a good year. Right. But now, with OPS and all that stuff, I mean, that's a that's a decent year. Yeah, somewhere Dave Kingman's sitting there going like, hey, dude, I was doing this back in the day. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if there's – baseball guys usually like, hey, there's, there's no momentum. You go back to Houston. But they got to Kenley. No one had ever gotten to Kenley. You know, you saw that Dodger number 98-0 this season when leading heading into the ninth. They get yeah, to Kenley, and and on a on a game in which they probably weren't expecting to win because it was Verlander, but to Verlander to leave the game with a three to one lead, you had Verlander. I would have to think this is kind of feels like a little bit of the Russian is cut moment uh, for the Dodgers that the, the the Astros got to Kenley Jansen and a game that they probably should have won with a lead in the, a three one lead in the in the eighth. Uh, do you yeah, think there's you know? carry, is there carryover from game two into Houston? Yeah, you know that scene, man. He's not a machine. He's a man. He's yeah. human. I mean, it just kind of seemed like the Houston Astros really, really kind of gripped onto that moment. And, hey, by the way, I saw it just like you saw it. We saw how dominating of a team that they can be, especially against the New York Yankees in the ALCS, man. That was impressive for the Yankees to win three games at home and immediately turn it around and get dominated game six and game seven. I mean, that was crazy. I think that we've talked about it this whole postseason, how home field advantage has been such a crucial thing to have. It's never really been like that in baseball before. But I also feel like you've got two great stories, man. With all the devastation that happened in Houston with the hurricane and also with the the Los Angeles Dodgers not being back to the World Series since, you know, 1988, a historic franchise. You've got two amazing storylines right here. I'm just really excited to see how it all shakes down. Nick Swisher joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's get to the the news of the day. Joe Girardi out of a gig. Right move or wrong move? It, I, I think everyone in baseball knew this was coming based upon the fact the contract extension had been given. Some of the things that Joe said in press conferences and speaking third person about the about the Yankees. Uh, but is it the right move or wrong move for the for the Yankees who seem poised to compete for World Series after World Series with that young lineup? Well, I, I tell you, I tell you, bro, I feel like I'm, I'm still kind of in shock. I mean, I, I heard you say something that everybody in baseball knew it was coming. I, I might have been the one guy that didn't think this was coming or did not know that this was coming. Now, if that uh, that gaffe or whatever you call it would have happened against the Cleveland Indians, and then all of a sudden the Yankees get ousted and lose in the playoffs, that is a reason for losing your job. Here's another thing. This man has been there for 10 years. He has won a World Series. He's been successful. It just kind of seems like, as of late, the successful guys in the game, the Dusty Bakers, the John Farrells, the Joe Girardis, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something going on in that locker room that, that, that I don't know about or, or something with the brass, but I would like to think that the New York Yankees have thought long and hard about this decision because, hey, man, Joe Girardi is a huge get 
for another roster or another team. Uh, I just think that they have definitely have done their they've done their homework. They have had to because losing a Joe Girardi, that's a big name to be putting out there on the market. I think it must have been some personality thing because, like in New York and uh, in New York, there, there was something there to which he was saying, you know, the Yankees and their future. He wasn't talking about our future. Like he knew. He knew something. Oh, he knew yeah. something was up. This is before even the, the the Cleveland thing. All right, so right. So you know, like, look, it feels like they want a guy who's more in tune with analytics. You know, less about feel and less less kind of old school manager style. Right. But, well, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like the game is evolving. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, I mean, I, you know, uh, Joe Girardi was my skip. I mean, I'm I'm kind of biased about him. Uh, I feel like he's done a tremendous job. I enjoyed him the time that I was there. Uh, but I haven't been in the locker room for a while. Um, I feel like the game is shifting to more numbers than more of a feel. Uh, but then again, the, we were talking about it early uh, this morning and how players just kind of become numbers. Uh, I think people kind of forget sometimes that these players are human beings. Yep. And sometimes it's not always what's written down on a piece of paper that means something. I feel like if you want to be a manager and you want to be a leader, number one, if you want to lead, you have to be a leader of men. There are 25 guys in that locker room, and you need to find out how each and every one of those individuals tick. And I think Joe Girardi did a good job of that. Uh, I'm, I'm interested, just like you, um, uh, who who could come into there. I mean, obviously, for myself, I think that the Yankees might go internally. Guys like Tony Pena, Rob Thompson, uh, a guy like Kevin Long, who was the hitting coach there for so many years. Um, I, I just feel like whoever gets that job is really landing on a gold mine because that team is built for the future, no doubt. I, I would, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. You you mentioned and how guys are just numbers. I no better example of the fact that it's it's there's the human factor to it, where you know you're you're managing based upon numbers. Hey, last night Kike comes up, and he's terrible against right-handed pitching, and I think <laughs> yeah. it was against and I think it was against Giles. Right, he's yes. hit b- below the Mendoza line against, and of course he laces a single in a big spot. Why? Because Kike Hernandez is running a fever since hitting three home runs in a game. <laughs> Bro, you are so right, man. You cannot, you cannot predict that. I think that's what's the hardest thing about trying to guess baseball games is that, by the way, this stuff is crazy, man. Like this is like script stuff. Like you can't, you can't predict any of this. You can't, you can't at all. Uh, who'd you pick before the series began? I had the Cleveland Indians winning the whole thing. No, um, before the series began, before this series began. Oh, I had the Dodgers in seven. All right, it feels like it's, it feels like we're not. I I just I can't see Houston winning all three games, right? I just no. I, can't. I, I definitely think the series is going to come back here to L.A. Uh, I got the chance to be on the field the last two days uh, doing some pregame stuff, and hey, brother, it was amazing. The electricity yeah. that you could feel on that field, man, like. It's been a long time since I've been at a World Series, man. It was an honor to be down there. And by the way, I was having a conversation with D. Gordon from the Miami Marlins, and he was telling me, Swish, man, these guys are so good nowadays. The athlete is just getting so much better. Uh, I'm so excited to have these young, enthusiastic teams uh, in the World Series, man, because they're going to help our game grow. All right, la- last thing really quickly. Uh, Houston, with the dome closed, it's easy. To, it, they, more home runs, right? I mean, didn't that, didn't that play the ball fly out of there, especially I, down the line? I, I think I mean, you could have that thing open, closed. I mean, it doesn't matter. The ball's going to leave that ballpark for sure. All right, looks like we're in for more of the same. Nick Swisher. Nick, enjoy it. Safe travels to Houston. Thanks for joining us. Okay, my man. Good talking to you, bro. Take care. All right, that's uh, Nick Swisher, who uh, we really we we always need to have him on pick up his energy. You know, he's a guy who's not enthusiastic. This, this sarcasm, of course. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.